All the latest news, views and reaction to the A-League, the Socceroos and Australian football. This is 442FM. Happy Australia Day, and thanks for tuning back into 442 FM. I'm feeling a bit dusty today. Con is here with me. How are you feeling today, mate? I'm pretty good, actually. You feeling alright? Yeah, yeah. I was, t- I was very disciplined. I had work to do, so yeah. And uh, I did go to a barbecue and have one or two drinks, but one or two. Yeah, my last oh, pretty boring. I could these say days. the same. Not really. It's not. It's not the drinking podcast. <laughs> <laughs> It's Wednesday morning here, and uh, and Kev is here, looking fresh-faced. Bye. <laughs> Bye. I was a very good boy. I've been clean it's living all month. Well. Look at these bright eyes. Despite <laughs> only getting out of bed 15 minutes ago. <laughs> and joining us on the phone, as always, from England, and it's still Australia Day over there, uh, Johnny Davidson. How are you, mate? I'm good. I'm still drinking, so yeah. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Um, I should probably have a hair of a dog instead of this coffee. But um, Alright then, let's get on to it. We've had five games in five days. Have you enjoyed the, the spread out games? Yeah. Mm, I quite like my, my Saturday night marathon, to be honest, and ticking from late afternoon to mid-evening. I quite like that. But yeah, one, even, one a night's okay. I, I like the, uh, the Australia Day game, that mm. it was, you know, the alley gets the feature... Um, compete with the uh, Australian Tennis Open because they always used to it overran with Hotless 100 though so you know, yeah you got, few... listening to Simon Hill or listening to the Rubens and Simon Hill would probably win every time <laughs> my book to be honest but can I just can I just interject about if the Rubens are not a tribute band to Zadkovich then I'm really Five blocks with skinheads uh, <laughs> throwing the guitars way over the crowd. <laughs> he plays guitar though, Ruben Zakovich. Oh, maybe he's in it. Probably better than he plays. Maybe, maybe it's actually, he just he just chucks on some long hair. <laughs> <laughs> um, in the age of Netflix, I I quite like a an A League binge where yeah. I kind of watch game after game mm, and yeah. Um, so I kind of it, it got to kind of. Sunday, and then I just forgot that there was a, a, a game on Monday. A-League and Chill. Yeah. Maybe, that, maybe that's <laughs> the, the catchline for... It's the new branding for, for the millennial age. 2016-17. <laughs> um, right, well, let's start with Fridays. Brisbane got a spanking by the Reds. Uh, Big Bruce, he scored a goal. Well, he scored two goals. Bloody hell. Was that 20, 22 games over a year without scoring a goal? And he bags a brace. Australians let us all rejoice. For Bruce, he finally got one. I love to talk about it. Uh, he, he's done so much work off the ball, you know, assisting other players. No, he hasn't, because Adelaide really haven't been scoring for pretty much 22 games. Yeah. There's just not been much happening. So it's good to see him back mm. with a bang. But Well, it wasn't that their third game they scored over three goals. Isn't that, it's just suddenly clicked for it them. Just, yeah, recently, yeah. Um, everybody's working, knows what they're doing. What's happened to Brisbane Roar, though? Yeah. No big mecca. That's it. Yeah, Ars has just fallen out of the Roar, hasn't it? It's really amazing. on a bad, big, big scale, man. But I think, you know, Jamie McLaren is to Brisbane Roar what Aaron Moy is to Melbourne City. Mm. Without that, I there's just, just nothing. Uh, sorry, sorry, Kip. No, 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 you carry on. I was just going to say, I... I, I Sorry, but I disagree with you there because I mean, if you look at the quality they've got, um, you know, Bruges, particularly in the midfield, and then you know, Enrique and Solazano that they can bring on, and, and your favourite player, Mister Mister Clue, um, you know, they've got probably as good a depth as Melbourne Victory. I think. I think they're just. I don't, I don't know oh, what's I, going on there, but I, I agree. I don't think they can just pick it down to one player and not be. You know, no, I, I agree. They've got plenty of quality and depth, but mm. for some reason the without McLaren there, they're not actually putting it to good use, clearly. Um, and it's the same with Moy. You know, if you look at City, they've got a lot of quality around them, but without Moy, they have, so far, been struggling. Uh, on a few occasions, he's not been there. 
Um, in terms of Rora, though, I think the, the defence is still um, clearly a, an Achilles heel for them. Uh, Jade North, Hinger, Bowles, uh, Stefanito. I think, you know, North and Stefanito putting on a few years these days. Mm. Uh, I think it needs, and at the other extreme, you get Bowles and Hinger who are pretty young. And not, yeah. Uh, both both North and Stephanie, as you said, they they played in the NSL, so they have been around for a while. Yes, yeah, <laughs> uh, and yeah, I think you know this is their probably their last season. You would think is first choice defenders anyway. Mm. But there was a, there was a stat um, one of the Fox Sports commentators wrote out before the game saying the goals that McLaren and Barilla have scored have been like three quarters of the total amount of goals yeah so you take those two guys out and they do a lot of work defending from the front as well so um, I don't think Solzano does the same amount of work and also um, why replace the goalkeeper why bring on Theo um, and I reckon he was to blame for the third goal the one that Jitte second that went through his legs yeah. so I thought that was an odd decision and um, I think we touched on it last week they do have like 11 players out of contract, so maybe it's not all happy chappy. I don't moment. know because I mean, the, it came out over the weekend as well that they finally paid yeah. all their debts, uh, which, given the size of them at the beginning of the year, that's actually a huge achievement. Yeah, I mean, it was the kind of thing that looked like it was going to send the club under uh, and send the the backwards packing. Um, so you know, they're obviously committed to the club. Uh, the backwards are committed yeah. to the club. Uh, so and there'll be money there for re-signings you yeah. would expect. Okay. Uh, so, you know, they may be leaving eleven people on tenterhooks mm. to to see to bring try and bring the best out of them as the season goes on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it just does seem like a fundamental weakness, and you know, and I keep banging on about Clute, but I don't understand why if you've not got these kind of key personnel there. You're not playing a player like him and keeping him on the sidelines until the last 10, 15 minutes. Well, he made a difference when he came on. He always does. Mm. You know, he, he genuinely always does. I know him as agent and spokesman, but uh, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm not his father. I know his father. I'm not his father. Um, but, you know, I think I, I genuinely don't understand why he's not been getting more game time than he has uh, when McLaren's not there and Barella's not there. Mm. Let's talk about Adelaide, though. Um, actually, first, uh, Bibalge with a horrible injury. That's unlucky. He uh, he ruptured his Asian Champions League, according to my notes. <laughs> oh. It's funny. I mean, we we seem to have a, a generation of players like Bibalge who have shown great promise and just constantly get struck down by bad luck or mm. serious injuries and never, ever get the chance to shine. I'm thinking... Uh, Babauj, Antonis, uh, Chianese, Gamero. There's just so many of these young guys who keep getting injured at key times in their career and we never really see them reach their full potential. Mm. Uh, it's a real shame for them and devastated for them. But uh, I'm just want, curious as to why this is happening to these young guys in particular. And it's yeah. like the opposite of Harry Kuehl, right? Kuehl got his around 25, 26, started breaking down. These guys are breaking down 20, 21. Yeah. Do you 19, think, it, so. is it the medical staff here? You know, if you think of the, the former generation of, of Australian youngsters, a lot of them went straight overseas from an, from an early age, whereas now they're playing their trade, their formative years, kind of between the ages of, well, under 20, they're, they're, they're here. They're in well, Australia. They're not, they're not playing enough games compared to their European counterparts. Their loading is not as as high as you know a German teenager or a mm. um, Dutch teenager or, or an English teenager. They don't have the games. They don't have the miles in their bodies. Yeah. So does that make sense? Anyway, but mm. yeah. So they're, when they are uh, put in an environment where they have to compete, their bodies just can't stand up. I reckon. So. I don't know. I think it's just not enough games. Well, if you think about like Rogic that went over to South obviously, and he was struggling with injury, but despite not playing a huge amount of first team football, yeah. he was still getting a lot of game time in like the the under twenty ones yeah. and some of their reserve games, um, which 
yeah, I, I, I would maybe. I, I, don't, I don't know the answer. Does it? Does do that? Do they get the same opportunity to play those games here? Well, it's, you know, it brings us into the whole NYL and the future of the NYL uh, and what the FFA are trying to achieve with that. Uh, I think our youth policy, in many, many different ways, is <laughs> almost did it. Is is pretty screwed up. <laughs> um, we've got you know an NYL season which runs to what eight, ten games or something. Yeah, they've shortened know? it. It's not, it's now like the W League, which seems a really retro- retrograde kind of move mm-hmm. uh, but I think that's to bring it into line with the start of the NPL season because we know the objective is to field teams in the NPL side but the problem with that is that um, I think there's some rule that prevents professional senior players playing in the NPL mm. so the A-League sides don't stack their teams and mm. uh, deny the, the other teams opportunities so it's all just completely screwed up so your youth players can't then become senior players uh, or else they're, they're ruled out of the NPL and the NYO and they may not be quite ready yet for the, uh, the first team so they're caught in this limbo um, it's just not been thought through properly in the in the real world environment. Uh, so we've got that problem. Uh, we've got youth that's just not getting enough game time as well. Uh, I mean, Clute's the perfect example of it. You know, he is captain of the NYL side, but, but that's only because he's not getting uh, competitive senior games. Mm. Eric Abrams told me the reason why they cut the NYL is because of costs and logistics. I think that that's also going to be a factor, but this is your youth you're, you're yeah. talking about. This is, you know, investing in the future. Uh, we need to come up with a better solution than what we've got. Uh, I mean, I can understand them rebuilding it into conferences where it's more local teams mm. uh, that you're playing against, and um, but eight, ten games a year is not... Not a not a league. Quite that's nice. that's a knockabout. That's a preseason tournament. Yeah. And they're playing in NPL two as well. So I don't know how. No, yeah. they're playing. They're playing against teams that are, you know, not professional. And how much are they going to develop? In What's that the school level that they're coming up yeah. against the, to develop them? Keeping on uh, the youngsters, but bringing it back to Adelaide, um, Stefan Muck. Do you think that's a good 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 signing? Do you think he's Do you think he's going to get some some game time there? John? Uh, hard to know if he'll get game time. I think it's it's probably we're looking more as a squad player, but um, he's definitely a, a young guy with um, you know a bit of potential, and it probably suits Adelaide team to sort of snap up these guys like um, Jimmy Jago and um, you know those kind of kind of players. Um, you know Goodwin, um, you know players with potential to, to sort of go on. So mm. I think it's a, a decent signing, and obviously um, uh, City had a bit of a um, overflow of players in, in that position mm. well that that leaves Adelaide in sixth and uh, and Brisbane drop off top spot and drop down to third Saturday night game Luis Garcia did you uh, did you head up there no I didn't in the end because the weather looked a bit iffy mm. at one stage and then turned out beautiful fair weather support <laughs> <laughs> I'm from Sydney <laughs> <laughs> um, but 13,000 did cracking crowd that was awesome. I, I, I went in. Uh, I went to the airport to greet him. Yeah, um, we had a. Uh, um, there were some Mariners fans there. There was more Mariners fans in Sydney than any other time that I've seen them in the whole ten years. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that was that was grand final, con, grand final. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, that was great though. Without him, that game gets nothing. So. I thought that's excellent. What a, oh, to be fair, you know the Wanderers usually do take a good crowd up there. Yeah, uh, and the, that's true. They take about fifteen hundred uh, usually each mm. time. So there's always the, I've been to a few of the Wanderers Mariners games, and it's always a cracking atmosphere mm. at the best of times. Yeah, but I think it was lifted an extra level. I think it was probably an extra two, three thousand there more than there would have normally been. Uh, and surprisingly, the uh, the. Reds fans were fewer in number than I think people were expecting. I, I think it was only about 50 or so. Oh, the Liverpool fan, yeah, yeah. I know. That, mm. I thought there was going to be a whole bay. Yeah, uh, was, that was really quite surprising. But, but, but that's probably a good thing, right? The US snob. No, I you don't hate like that term. That term. No. Well, I don't like it. Apparently, the, the Mariners have sold out jerseys. 
the Garcia jersey. So maybe the Liverpool that would be rocking up in a Liverpool shirt have decided have opted for a Mariners shirt, which well, which is probably what, what we what, which is what we want. Even it's, better, it's yeah. the ideal situation for bit, this. A bit more licensing money. I spoke to the CEO. I think it's Sean Millicamp, and he said that um, the four countries like India, Mexico, Spain. Um, I remember the other country were buying uh, Mariners jerseys with Garcia on it. So oh, right. oh, really? He, so wow. they're selling overseas? So yeah, well. and the countries that he played in <laughs> as well. <laughs> That's so, ah. Yeah. Ah, very good. Um, yeah, I mean, mm. you've got to wonder how many they actually printed uh, from to sell out. It's, it's good to say sold out, though. Even <laughs> if you just did two. <laughs> we, we did five, sold out. <laughs> 250 bucks in the bag. <laughs> Ka-ching. Um, but um, Wanderers... Spoilt their day, and it was uh, it's two sloppy goals really. What we uh, terrible, terrible. The second, the the one from Paul is a yeah. But Mike Michael Neal didn't help as well. He was dancing in the corner, just belt it. If in doubt, <laughs> kick it out. Get it out. <laughs> it's the one number one rule. <laughs> and it, it, it was kind of for, for me. Mariners just felt a, a little bit overawed with the situation. There was. A few moments of the game were Montgomery with a stupid tackle. Oh, that was ridiculous. Um, Montgomery, I think, just really cost them that game. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's such a shame, really, because it was this big occasion that a bigger crowd, marquee player just got there, and um, you know, and, and the goal as well. It was just, it was brilliant. That's what you know, what you want from Garcia, picking the ball up deep and brilliant ball into Austin down uh, down the wing and uh, and finished off by Ferreira. I'm looking forward to seeing Ferreira and Garcia. Yeah, up, yeah. I think that's going to be sensational. And uh, Ferreira had a chance to, um, to put the second goal in as well. Mm. Um, that was a, a good save by Redmayne. If that goes in, it's, you know, it's it's a fairy tale, but yeah. it was turned into a nightmare for the for the Mariners. Uh, but yeah, kind of going back to um, to Montgomery a bit before, there was a few moments where it kind of the, the heat of the uh, of the game kind of overspilled a little bit. Um, do, do you think that's uh, John? Do you think that's the, the kind of the players been fired up for for this kind of bigger occasion to show them they've got a bit more fight left in them this this season? I think I'd think so. There'd be definitely you know there would be a lot of excitement around the place and you know a lot more pressure and expectation and media interest. You know as as Con said about the um, the airport arrival and um, you know globally. Um, so I think there is a bit more, I guess everyone was expecting them to sort of meander towards the end of the season and finish last, but they mm. might have something. Now at least, you know, pick up a spot or two. And it looked like with Garcia, um, obviously, um, you know, he's not moving perhaps as well as he once was, but he's still got the touch and yeah. um, played that killer pass. So if they can get someone, you know, you got Austin and, and Ferreira running off him, um, you know, running all day along the flanks, and, you know, they could, they could create a few goals, I think. Hersey? Yeah, yeah. Is, is he signing? definitely going? Are they yeah, I think he signed. I wonder how fit he is. No, I would take him like a shot. Yeah, uh, good experience there. So much speed when he's uh, fit. Uh, ridiculous acceleration. Uh, just come back to Garcia. Uh, my missus saw him on the TV and said, "How old is he?" And I said, "37." No way. She just couldn't believe that he was that age. I mean, you could knock seven years off that easily. Uh, maybe even 10 years he's, he's yeah. in great great shape despite having been retired for two years uh, but yeah I think it's going to be a very very interesting experiment he certainly doesn't seem to be a Romario he's nowhere near Jardel uh, <laughs> yeah he so looks fit I think by the end of the season once they make the, the grand final he'll be in top form <laughs> <laughs> and, also, and also I think it's quite funny that a lot of pundits and people out there saying oh well if he doesn't, if he does really well, then it reflects badly on the A League and that sort of thing. And Mark Bosnich said, you know that to that effect. And but he did the same thing, uh, you know, uh, five years out of the game, going from Chelsea to the Mariners. So it was a bit, bit hypocritical. Yeah, I, 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 I don't like that quote. No, I, I, it really annoys me that if he does well, it, it damages the the reputation of the league. Like why? Like what? Why? I mean, why does it have to? He's a he's played for Liverpool, Spain, and Barcelona, and he comes to the league, and he's yeah. still quite good. That doesn't shouldn't be any surprise to anyone. But, like, but oh, oh, like we should be encouraging uh, like overseas, and but it's it's not just that you kind of knock it forward and turn it the other way. If an eighteen year old or a seventeen year old kid comes through the the youth 
ranks uh, from one of the clubs and comes onto the uh, and, and does really well, does that devalue the league because yeah. he's 18, he's never played a game before? No, we should be encouraging that. We should be encouraging. Um, we want any everyone that comes to the league to go well, uh, and if they don't, they you know they don't make it and they they move on. I th- the quote that Bosnich said, which is, what does it say about the A-League if he comes in and succeeds? What does it say, the actual, tr- what I think it is, what does it say about him as a player? Mm. Not the yeah, A-League. Exactly. It says more about him as a player and the quality of the player, not the quality of I the mean, A-League. You can then apply that also to, well, what does it say about Borussia? What does it say about Smeltz? Mm. Uh, what does it say about Brooke? These are players that... Well, not necessarily so much uh, Broch, but failed previously mm. in their careers until they came to the A League, and suddenly they're exactly. top, top scorers. And Garcia was apparently playing twice a week in in Madrid with the Real Madrid legends with Zidane and these players. So I imagine, you know, not competitive games, but I imagine they still would have been fairly competitive. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I, I don't think it says anything about the A-League other than the fact that he's looked after himself and is in better shape than we thought. And I thought another thing that was odd about... Um, during the game, everyone was tweeting. Um, so the uh, CEO of the Perth Glory team, Peter Philopoulos, said, um, am I the only one that hasn't brought into the hype yet a player coming out of retirement 37 to play in our A-League? So I thought that was weird that a CEO of another club would say that, especially mm. considering what happened at Perth last year. Yeah. You don't want to talk and does he remember Brian Dean? Um <laughs> so, probably the worst foreign signing ever in the yeah. I don't know. I mean, it should also be pointed out that they just signed Andy Keogh who has effectively been retired for the past six months. Yeah. <laughs> so why he loves a he loves a tweet the CEO of the Perth Glory. They also club. signed Guillaume Fernandez who lasted how long? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Barely 90 minutes. Yeah. Um, quick one on Marquise. I know, I know we've kind of gone over this a bit, but um, it, it's off the back of this, Garcia, it's been a bit of a hot topic in uh, in the press. Going forward next season, it sounds like the FFA are, gonna, are in talks with all the different clubs to broker some sort of deal that means that they'll either have... Um, a mandatory marquee signing, or then certain parts of the TV money will go to the clubs to to spend on a marquee player. Um, I'm I'm I want to know how they quantify a marquee player. Is it the amount of money that you spend? Does it have to be a big name player, or can it be a Fornaroli that you is going to make the league a lot better, but it isn't quite a Del Piero? I. Got asked a similar question on the uh, the Daily Football Show a couple of weeks ago, and what I said then was, we've got two international marquee slots. We get one Foreigner Roli, we get one uh, Del Piero, mm-hmm. and that kind of combination yeah, that is going to be Foreigner Roli is going to keep you there. Del Piero is going to bring you through the door. Um, that kind of uh, talent versus big name. Uh, and that, that's the way to go forward, I think. You know, we, we try and find somebody with some kind of international reputation, uh, with uh, you know, that can bring headlines and uh, put bombs on seats. And we also find an international goal scorer or somebody that's really going to set the game alight with their own individual style and skill. Mm. Uh, I think if we can get that combination going, that that's that would be the ideal way forward, and hopefully shut up the naysayers who say oh you can't just have a big name what happens next season uh, that's such short sighted you just you should just go out and buy another big name uh, the following season but we need that quality and games winning game winning uh, talent there too and if FFA are part funding it do they get final say on who uh... well I think they do at the moment anyway do they? Yeah, the, right. all the marquee signings have to be approved, have to be run by them and approved. That's why um, Stan Collymore never got a gig at one stage because uh, they didn't feel that he was the right type of player coming off the back of his uh, dogging mm. uh, <laughs> <laughs> revelations. No doggers allowed in the A League. <laughs> we don't approve of dogging behaviour. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! I was sitting behind him at uh, the World Cup in Brazil. Actually, he was, I was just going to say he was right. You were sitting behind him. That was a bit dangerous. And I was saying, uh, <laughs> think to myself, I'm not the first person to sit behind you and watch what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, um, sorry. All right then. 
should move on. But you know what else is funny? Um, it happens every time. So there has been no big name marquees, right, this season in the A-League before Garcia came. One turns up, so we're all complaining there's no marquees. Yeah. One turns up, and they're all going, this is not good for the league! Oh! <laughs> so what are we... I think that's Australian football media in a nutshell, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. No, I we don't... Say, I was complaining about no marquees before the start of the season, so I'll just... You know, <laughs> No, it's the oh, we don't we need this we need this we need this oh we don't need this no we don't need this no we don't need this no we need that we need that we need that no we don't need that we don't need that. oh jeez I think the biggest issue with that is that a lot of football media in this country and and and, and anywhere really um, we are the purists you know we we love the game in its purest form yeah. and, and we don't necessarily need a, a Luis Garcia to to spark our interest um, but but even I, I think. I, Everyone has got to be pretty honest and say that I, I went out of my way to watch Luis Garcia play yeah. this game. And would I have watched Mariners Wanderers? Would I have gone out of my way to watch it if I without him? You know, probably not. Well, you know, I make fun of Eurosnob, Eurosnobs, but I'm a closet Eurosnob. You know, I watch all that stuff. I know yeah. who those players are. I spent many years. You know, watching his career. So you want to see he's in Australia, he's in your country. Mm. It's like when your favorite band comes. From overseas, you're gonna to want to watch them. So, yeah. you know that's what. You look, that's it. Yeah. Come on, John. I was gonna say you just look at um, you know the big bash this season, which has basically been killing the A League in terms of in terms of TV ratings at yeah. least, and it's partly the new success that's built on marquees on your Chris mm. Gale, your Kevin Peterson, and your um, Freddie Flintoff. Yeah, um, I mean, so you know they're they're doing it. Uh, the A League needs marquees. Every club needs a marquee. I, I kind of think though, that, I kind of think of the the Big Bash League as being something a bit like that, that Legend Ruse match. To be honest, though, it is. You <laughs> know, it, it, it's it's names you recognise from a quite oh, a short time ago, uh, and it's more theatre and it's old drama and fireworks. It's not really serious. It's it, outrageous. Outfits. I mean, it's, honestly, yeah. does anybody actually give a shit about the the score or who wins ultimately? So. It's theatre. It's it's you know. Face paint for kids. That's that's what the Big Bash League is to me, and I can understand why it's successful for it. Uh, and the marquee side of things is a huge, huge ratings draw for it. But to take it seriously as a sporting event, I, I think is just ridiculous. Well, what we need now is uh, like Chris Gale. We need uh, Lewis Garcia to try and pick up Tara Ashton, and we can get all the headlines. <laughs> Don't, Don't blush, baby. Don't blush, baby. <laughs> Uh, yes. Mm. Um, not good. Not good. Not good. No. Not good. Uh, but going back to the football itself, I thought Garcia's touch for uh, the Mariners was excellent, uh, although not necessarily quite astonishing. But it was it was a beautiful ball through ball for him. Uh, and uh, other than that, he looked okay actually. And Bridgie, he just manages to find himself in the right place. For, for goals, doesn't he? It always amazes me. You know, if anyone's going to jump onto a, a loose pass, pass back, it's going to be Bridge. Um, and, and I don't think he gets enough credit for that. But um, right, and talking that- of a team um, that, that needs to take some credit um, from you, John Perth Glory. Let's not. Let's not just. Can we move past that game? <laughs> <laughs> this is flashbacks of um, flashbacks of Adelaide in January. Uh, when Phil Stubbins was in charge, I think that was was that six one or seven one? I can't remember. Seven one, I think, wasn't it? Oh, six nil. I think. I don't think. The, I don't think the Jets scored at least. Um, but we've got to give Jets a bit of credit. They were brilliant for the first fifteen minutes. Oh, I, I watched the game and they were um, <laughs> they were like cruising. They, they scored so easily. Yeah. So the first fifteen minutes, you thought, oh, they're gonna score, and they almost scored a second one. And they just like it's like they took their foot off the pedal, and then they just basically went to shit. Um, and then Bugard, I mean, someone's got to have a chat with him and, you know, maybe some face-slapping um, Western <laughs> Suburbs Magpie style. I mean, just pull your head in. That is, I mean, that was just a diabolically stupid red for the most experienced oh. player virtually right. on the pitch. Uh, 60 metres from his own goal. Yeah, I mean, what are you doing? I mean, seriously, what do you think you're going to do by doing that? The, the first one could have been a red. Yeah. How many times have he sent off this season? Is it his second, third? It's 
year. Um, at least, yeah, at least second, maybe, yeah. maybe third. Yeah. I mean, mm. just ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. Pressure on Scott Miller, do you reckon now then? Well, there's got to be some from the FFA. We spoke about this last week. When they're trying to sell the club, and it's already been devalued from, what was it? The figures were around the kind of eight, nine million mark, and then recently it went as low as six. Which, to say it's about, it's not far off, is it five million for a license for the A League? So. Yeah. Just so you get an extra for an extra one million, you get an established mm-hmm. A League club. Yeah. Um, why would you even pay for, pay that for them at the moment? Though? Mm. I mean, the the squad is going to have to be ripped up and put rebuilt. Basically, uh, there's a couple of players there that are carrying the whole team on their shoulders. Uh, there's a few young guys in there that aren't getting the leadership clearly that they need, and it's just all falling apart for them. Uh, you know. Again, Scott Miller, I had high hopes for. He hasn't got terribly much to work with, but but he's got no experience in coaching. What what do we think was going to happen? He has no experience in coaching. There's so many. He's got experience in coaching. It's just not as a head coach. Not as a head coach. So we've got so many coaches in Australia here that we're ignoring. Coaches that have done um, that have coached teams in the NPL, at least they've been coaches. Mm, yeah, I, I, do you know what I, I mean? I think we're ignoring but, but all if these. You then go to the old boys' club of well, which is better to have not, not an to old bring, boys club. say, Rally Razic back out not, of retirement? Not him, but just someone that's like a, a young coach that's done all his licenses, that's had experience in well, NPL. Like, what about the South Melbourne coach? I forgot, he's an Englishman. What's his name? I forgot his name. The Sutherland Sharks guy? Um, no, no, he's South... Uh, Arthur so he's, Pappas. No, well, Arthur Pappas is one. Mm. Um, but Arthur Pappas is similar to Scott Miller. Exactly, yeah. yeah. But he's he, he's uh, he's at least done some head coaching. Um, India, was it? Yeah, yeah well... Uh, with mixed results. So Peter Sakenis is another one. Um, I should Grant Lee's another one. Like this, this mm. coaches. I don't know. I just think maybe try one of these guys. Try one of these I'd, guys. I'd, I'd like well, the. Well, Rudan turn the job down. Mm. Really, with yeah. good reason, I think. Uh, I think know. it was to do with the three-month um, contract clause, wasn't it, Kev? Yeah, yeah, uh, and I think also it was always going to be a pretty poison chalice. Uh, because True. with with the FFA in charge, your budget's going to be almost zilch because mm-hmm. uh, they'll be running it on a shoestring budget. And two, the new owners are going to come in and probably want to install their own man. Uh, so you're onto hiding to nothing uh, to begin with. So I can understand why somebody, a career, potentially a career manager, manager like Mark Rudan would want nothing to do with it. Uh, but it was a good opportunity for a young up-and-coming coach like Scott Miller. But at the end of the day, he's just really not delivering there. I think the the problem is the um, you know the the room seems to be a bit of a falling out with the camp with um, with his style and um, Jean-Paul uh, de, de um sort of <laughs> acting as the peacemaker. So hopefully that's not. Um, one of the you know reason or the main reason for the sort of drop in form is there the the resurrections in the dressing room that already now is there? Well, well, that's the that's the rumours. I mean, not, I haven't heard that myself, but I have um, you know uh, in other media that's been been speculated that, that that's the case. But I mean, I think um, you know, it was always going to be a tough season. They probably overachieved in the first five or six rounds, which raised expectations. But um, yeah, yeah, they're definitely in a bit of a hole, and I think. The two signings, particularly, you know, they really need their. They lost Leakey. The foreign signers have really got to dominate. Um, Leonardo's hardly played. He's looked good when he's played, but he's hardly played. Trofinovic has scored a few goals, but not really. You know, you, you basically need your, your foreigners to be among your sort of top five, six players. And that hasn't been the case for the Jets. Yeah, yeah. I think you know that's the um, the big problem for them is players not stepping up. Uh, I'd, I would be surprised. I mean, when you've lost as many, when the season's gone the way it has for them, you, the dressing room's going to get unsettled by that, uh, and they're going to look for some way to change things and turn things around. And if it's not happening, they're going to get even more upset. 
But at the end of the day, before this season started, I don't think many people had them placed higher than seventh. Hey, higher than, uh, sorry, ninth mm. uh, on the ladder. And I think that's probably where they're destined to finish. Uh, Perth, on the other hand, Castro. Talking of uh, foreigners be- being a, a better player, um, is he the be- is he the best in the A League according to uh, to Low? <laughs> Cut him to Kenny Kev is Low. <laughs> <laughs> I am not Kenny Low. Kenny Low's over there. I am over here. <laughs> well, <laughs> Wrong side of Australia. You have you been in the same room together? I'd yeah, like yeah. To I've never seen him in the same room. <laughs> <laughs> I almost took a selfie when he was over training with. Uh, <laughs> In Sydney last year or the year before, I almost did take a selfie of the two of us together to prove we're not the same person. Um, but Castro, I, no, he's he, he's a bit of class, isn't he? You know, yeah. I, I think he's far from the best in the league, but um, he's definitely the best in Western Australia. <laughs> <laughs> he stepped up. I mean, I think he was pretty anonymous for the first mm. half of the season and it's only like in the last uh, what four or five weeks that he's well, really he scored improved. six goals in seven games yeah I mean Kevin Lowe is known for a bit of hyperbole <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but uh, oh, I reckon Fornaroli and Navilio are the and um, Barbarousas yeah. is he counted as a foreigner I think those guys are Barisha mm. yeah no, I, I'm not sure if he's uh if you spot on there, but seven goals this season, and and yeah, he's he's been the player that looks like turning turning things around at, at Glory, and and, and, and yeah, no, he was brilliant. Six say. one win, even if it is over just over the Jets, that's mm. got to put you in a a good frame of mind for the rest of the season. Uh, that's that's the perfect way to start the new year. For them. And, and they needed it, Perth as well. They were, you know, if you look at that, and it's pretty much going to be that. I think we're we're on for top six and bottom four now. And I can't see that's going to change. Well, Perth Glory, Wellington knows. Phoenix and Newcastle Jets are fighting it out for that second last place. Mm. Um, it's a huge gulf already, though, I mean, between Adelaide and the bottom four. Yes, seven points between them. And, and Adelaide actually look like they're you know, on a, bit, on a run of form now. So yeah. they, they, could, they could be getting even further up that league. And, and I think if you look at any other team that's going to drop out of that top six... Unless uh, unless Raw have a dramatic fall from grace, but but even that, I, th- I think that's they're too far too far ahead. Top six and bottom four now. It's funny with all the talk of Wellington Phoenix metrics and everything else, they're really having a bit of a shocker to mm. be honest. And they, they've just got five thousand members. Phoenix just yeah. a, a, announced over uh, over the weekend, which is which is good for them as a for I don't know. Stability as, a, as an A League club, um, but their form is is poor. It's still not a huge number either. At the end of the day, best they've ever had. Yeah, is it? I mean, it, I guess it depends whether there's. If you've got a huge big stadium like theirs, there's no real benefit to getting a season ticket. No, uh, it's not like you're going to be denied entry mm. to see any of the games. Uh, there's no culture probably of uh, season tickets over there as a result either. So in terms of that, it's great. It's still probably twice what Brisbane Roar had as membership just about three or four years ago. Mm. Um, so in that sense, it's good. But in football terms yeah. this season, as we are about to talk about, it's just not happening for them. And it was it was a it was a pretty much a masterclass from from City's forwards again. Just to just tore them apart. Um, Fornaroli with the opener, um, and I've kind of highlighted the um, the formation and, and more so the the wing backs mm. in in Zulo and Franich. We, you, you, I think Con, you touched on it last week uh, about, but I, for me, they they won the game for um, for City. They played some a really really important role in in that team and and just gave Fornaroli and um, and Navio. The opportunity they didn't have to go wide. Mm. Neither of them had to go needed to go wide, and it just meant they could stay central. And they just looked like a goal threat every time they they attacked. Really, and, really exciting football. And both those players were injured at the start of the season as well. Mm. And they're both Socceroos, right? So they're, if if they're playing at their peak or 
getting their fitness back. That just adds so much to the um, to the team. And Zulo, some of the um, he, he was out for eighteen months with an ACL injury. So I'm really glad that he's back to that he's back to fitness. Franich as well. Um, but you know, Fonyarelli and Avilio, they're they're unbelievable at the moment. Um, and the goals in that game was were amazing. All four of those goals. Mm. Oh, Quality. Bonifacio's goal was that really. was a thunder. He should be playing. Yeah. I'd love him to see him at Sydney. Bonifacio. Mm. I'd love to see him at Sydney. <laughs> what about uh, Harry Neville's goal celebrations? He likes a bit of a bit of a jig. And a that bit was of some a... hide your daughters. That was. Some... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was some smooth dancing. I've only seen my three five months old, so I should be right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The uh, the three five two is an interesting formation though because I think that is the perfect the wing back role is perfect for Zillow. Mm. I don't think he's uh, a good left back, and I don't think he's necessarily quite good enough to be you know the front line winger. Yeah, uh, and I think the wing back is just ideal for him. And I think for Franich, I probably wouldn't have called that previously mm. as his ideal role, but I think it actually it's probably well. is. Because you've got the three defenders, so they don't have to rely they, they so much. They don't have to worry about yeah, so if they're, uh, coming if they're back. marauding, they mm. still yeah. uh, cover for him. Yeah, I'm very impressed by that. The only problem I have That's with fair. that, though, is I don't see that as being a formation that Ange will ever use. Mm. Certainly yeah. with the, the current defensive stocks, so... How yeah. that's going to affect their Socceroos yeah. uh, potential, I don't know. Although, um, uh, Brad Smith, in a, a left wing-back role, he's, he, he played that for Liverpool even, um, the other night, didn't he? In the, in the cup game. I didn't the cup see game. the game. I'd like um, to see the uh, he played, Australia yeah. try that. He, play, he, he, played, role, he played well as well. Um, uh, but yeah, to kind of, John, talking, talking about that, like we've got, you know... It was, City were playing against a Phoenix team that are have been pretty limp in front of goal this season, and and they had nine shots and didn't really you know there's no one there to finish it off. Do you think they can play that kind of three at the back wing back against a you know a, a team like um, Victory or or yeah probably Victory really is the the main with their their potent attack. That's a that's a good question. Um... Yeah, I think I think it's it's obviously a sort of a high risk, but I think why not? I mean, we see what we saw what Sydney did, um, you know, trying to soak up that pressure and obviously conceded an own goal. Um, I think I think go for it, um, particularly you know if you've got players like Navillo, Fornaroli, Moy in good form, you know, part of they've got you know some some you know, and as you guys just mentioned, Zulo and Franich and. Um, Sorensen, you know, they've got sort of got the players to do that. So I think it'd be what what we'd love to see. Um, you know, really open attacking game end to end. I think again, though, the problem with the three five two though is it is quite easy to exploit. Uh, you know, you do a four two three one. Uh, you you've got you actually have the numbers to overwhelm uh, the defence that way, mm. uh, and you can get in behind the the wing backs. Uh, so. It makes for I love it in terms of the A League because it's going to give some really interesting tactical battles yeah. uh, ahead. But certainly for a national team, I think it's a very dangerous combination uh, to adopt. Uh, more often than not, I've seen it mentioned that a three-five-two usually ends up a five-three-two because you just get yeah. camped uh, in your defence, uh, trying to hold back the hordes. Mm. Well, the, the Dutch did it. To pretty good effect in in the World Cup last year, didn't they? Um, with the, the the three at the back, but but yeah, Ben Skip got the memo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, the other thing with City though is you know with Corona out the way, the way is clear now for them to to make a real big marquee signing if they wanted to. Uh, given the strength off their side already, if they get a decent marquee yeah. in a position that they actually need someone, and I can't. I, off the top of my head, don't know where they would slot that in. Mm. Um, they might as well give them the trophy because uh, I think it's just they are. I've got such a good team now that everybody's coming back from injury and playing themselves into form. Ronaldinho, I I'm, where's I'm, he going to play? Who's it, he going to yeah, replace? That's, uh, it's, it's a tough one. I, I don't think you can you can pull out any of that forward line. Just no. sell tickets to his to the training sessions. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> 
Do you? Would you bring in a defensive midfielder and and drop Partalou? Even never, though he's, I'd never drop Partalou to be honest. Mm. Um, I I I just don't know where you would put him. You're not going to drop Partalou. You're not going to drop uh, a Moy, Fornaroli, Navio. Um, you could maybe put him into the back line where they are obviously a little bit weak. But then, but a marquee defender. But you've got Malik coming into that to play. If he's the third defender in that with Hughes and Kisnobang, um, drop. I, I would assume Melling will, will will drop out as that um, is that three. That's that, that's a pretty solid. <clears throat> that's a, that's a solid defence. Mm. A midfield with um, uh, Partalu, Moy, and Caseras. Yeah. I, I can't really see anybody no. slotting in. I could, I could definitely see them boosting the the defensive line, but squandering a market and a big name international marquee slot on a defender. You could, you could probably put someone in midfield with Caseras going on the bench, but who's going to be a marquee that's like an attacking player? Because you've got Moy mm. taking up that role. So unless Moy goes, who knows? No, they're going to hold on to Moy. I would think until the end of the season. Okay, until yeah. <coughs> Very good. So, final game, Australia Day. Bye. We nearly had um, the FFA Cup final. That was um, originally planned for Australia Day. Yeah, Monday, I think it? that was the intention, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I think it got scrapped because they realised that the NPL sides, if they were to make it through, would be it was just too hopelessly going to be yeah. out yeah. of uh, season. And I think that's fair enough. I quite like a, the cup earlier in the. Mm. If if it dropped in now, no, yeah, no, it's it's still still a good time. I think actually. we could still find a room, a, a miniature tournament that you know did possibly end on Australia Day. But I think Big Blue or Sydney Derby or mm. Melbourne Derby, if Melbourne City can just get a few more fans to make that more spicy. Yeah. Uh, is a good good thing to have today, and it's just a shame that victory didn't win two 0 to go two up. Australia, good tush. Is two up not Anzac Day? Oh, shit. Sorry. <laughs> well, that's me filled my citizenship test. Ah, damn it. <laughs> Tony Evan would have sent you home, mate. Uh, deport him. Um, Arnie's negative tactics did not pay off. Negative. Well, Tom? I thought that was a throwback to a friend of mine actually said this to me um, while watching the game. It was a throwback to the eighties when um, Frank Arrock and Eddie Thompson used to coach, where you had a formation of four-five-one, and you just had one striker up front, and everyone else was just defending and coming back. Mm. And Arnold played under those coaches while he played for the Socceroos, so I thought it was a throwback to those days. Um, and that was pretty negative. Everyone used to not like that kind of uh, formation and the way they played. So, yeah, and he kind of admitted victory are better than us. So yeah. we just can't. We have, that's how we had to play. Yeah. Well, I mean, so, it's a bit of a bitch when you set yourself up not to lose and you still lose. <laughs> it's kind of unlucky. It was pretty unlucky. Um, victory were lucky to get the win. I thought. Even though they probably did nah. have most of the chances and played better and have a better um, <laughs> As Sydney fan speaks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, who did Kevin Musket buy all the plane tickets um, that the Oli Roos were supposed to come back on? Is that what? Is that why the Oli Roos couldn't get back in time? Is that why Gersback was hanging out in Qatar for like five days? What, what's going on there? I think um, Gersback yeah. would have saved you. <laughs> But yeah, I thought. Um, I mean, it would have been good if Hall and O'Neill were able to come back earlier and goes back. But uh, yeah, but I think that wasn't the re- reason why. But uh, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's been there's been games where we've had negative tactics like that all mm. season, so it's, not, it's nothing new. I, I suppose it's a shame that the the own goal fell to Sydney's most consistent performer yeah, of the season was, so far I, I would say in, in, in Matt Yeoman which was it was one of those it was it was unlucky but you can't you, you can't take anything away from victory really you do they, they see a this. lot of that though in A-League defending where players just try and get something on a ball and it ends up in the back of the net it's 
it just smacks of desperation defending at times where you know you're just reaching out and you're not you've got absolutely no way of controlling the ball and you know it but you're just trying to get something on it to well, we, we skirted over Mullins on golf uh, mm. <laughs> the Jets that was ridiculous yeah uh, there's been uh, a few on goals this season right I mean Adelaide Adelaide were surviving on on goals <laughs> at the beginning of the season uh, and Keith Finkler should have been sent off, right, for that challenge. I thought it was really lucky. It he was in, starts yeah. up, got him. You, you've, you've seen those given. You've seen them given. You've seen them given. I've seen them given. I've seen them given. I've seen them given. Oh yeah. Um, but that was Sydney. Only Sydney's third loss of the season. So they, despite you know they've they've lost the least games, but they're you know they've dropped down to fifth in the league now. Just drawing too many games, not scoring enough goals. I think Arnie spent too much time with Mourinho after the Chelsea match. <laughs> Personally, he's just a doctor. Watch out! Watch out! The other A-League coaches, you could be poked in the eye. So. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's just you know, dull points-based football where we try not to lose, and this is the consequence. You slip down the, the table in the end. I, I interviewed Arnie. About two week, two three weeks ago, and I asked him, "I go, do you regret not buying a striker?" Uh, actually, I'll start again. I said, "Your defense has been good, but your attack's been lacking. Do you regret not buying?" And he didn't even let me finish the question. He goes, "No, I don't agree with that." No. Um, our attack's been defense good. hasn't been good, <laughs> <laughs> so he wouldn't even like concede. Um, he didn't didn't even want to hear you know that he did. Uh, that a stri- that that's, that's been a reason yeah. why they haven't been playing well. He's a striker, and the goals weren't a concern, and all that sort of stuff. So um... that's just that's just classic Arnie, though. That you know, even in the press conference after this game, he was still defending the use of his tactics. It's like, mate, you you, you just lost one nil. Like, how can you sit there and defend that it was the right it was the right thing to do? So if you hadn't so. played those tactics, you'd have lost six nil. Yeah, is that is is that what we should be grateful for? Um, yeah, and I think also this denial of even wanting to hear oh, that strikers might yeah. be an issue is either an admission that yes, of course it is an issue, and I just don't want to talk about it because it's my fault, or it's the board's fault for not backing me and getting the player that I wanted, yeah. um, or it's the alternative is criticising the players he's got for not stepping up, uh, and I think you can probably tick all three of the above. Uh, for Sydney, you know they haven't signed well. Uh, the players that they have got haven't stepped up and performed as they need to, uh, not necessarily as they're expected to. And he should have foreseen this coming and done and something about it. Our strikers are Shane Smeltz and Matt Simon. Yeah, um, who you know between them have great records, but they date back to virtually the beginning of the A League and mm. were ten. This is season eleven. And George Blackwood hasn't appeared for the last two or three games so I don't mm. think he's got confidence in him any longer to lead the line so it's not going to go away unless he brings in some a marquee or another striker but even even then he wasn't really because I asked him about that as well he wasn't because unless he's fit and will bring something to the team I'd rather just um, pick an Aussie boy yeah so and, uh, we can't bring in a marquee can he no nah. or guest marquee? player sorry guest player Brusque. guest player of course, that's right. Yeah. Not a guest player, but an international guest player. Yeah. Yeah. Was... Oh, yeah, yeah, well, they bring in a guest player, I suppose. Yeah, but I think if he's already gone the record saying he doesn't want to because it disrupts the team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Ian Rush said he wasn't available. <laughs> <laughs> um, right then. Well, that that concludes our A-League chat. Quick one on Ollie Roos. Who wants to have their five-minute rant? Why is Vidmar still in the job? Why was he still in the job... This time four years ago. After the uh, Iraq game in Gosford in 2012, um, where we had put in another series of insipid performances, failed to qualify, uh, I asked him after that game in the press conference if he was going to continue to be the Oleries coach, if he was going to tender his resignation. Uh, he said he would return to his job as assistant coach to the Socceroos, and it was up to the FFA to decide on his future as the uh, for the Ollie Roos. Why did he get the gig again? It is ridiculous. 
the uh, state that we were playing in, the uh, last game I watched, we couldn't even pass the ball to one another. Uh, I mean, it, there was no footballing skill on show there whatsoever. I think we possibly overstate the importance of qualifying for the Olympics. And, you know, we talked about this before. Mm. I think it, it dates back to those days when it was virtually the only big quali- competition that we could qualify mm. for. Therefore, mm. we made a big deal of it. These days, you know, we're Asian champions and we qualify, we've regularly qualified for the World Cup. The Olympics is not necessarily as big a deal. And I don't think it necessarily is a, a true reflection of our youth progression. Our bright, some of our brightest stars, seven at least, didn't make it into that squad because they weren't being released by the club because yeah. they were too important for the club, which I think is a much, much better indication of where we stand in terms of under-23s than qualifying for Rio. But I don't think we would ever have qualified for Rio with... Uh, Aurelio in charge, and why we were, I don't know, why he still was in charge, I don't understand. I, I agree. Anything to add to that, John? Uh, it's pretty uh, pretty hard to disagree. Um, pretty much what I did. Uh, yeah. So, uh, how, about, how about in terms of kind of player development? You know, it is, it is getting the under 23s together in a camp, and th- which you would like to think that they're going to be the future of the Socceroos. Is is it more about getting the players in the camp together or is it about actually winning games and qualifying? I think with the Oli Roos, there's been a history of things like Ned Zelic scoring a goal against Holland and then getting a contract to Borussia Dortmund. Yeah. So there's... there's And also with the young... So the young Socceroos haven't qualified for the World Cup. The Oli Roos haven't qualified the Olympics so there's two tournaments that you're in the shop window mm. and that was a big thing for Australian football um, now the A-League's a shop window I guess so it's not so important like you were saying um, it's probably not needed as much uh, but it's still I think it's an important thing if, if we qualify for those tournaments then the, the players are in the shop window and our development gets better if those players get picked up by a, a European side but at the moment, our players are getting picked up by European sides anyway because nine of the players are in Europe and weren't allowed to play. Yeah. So it's hard to gauge. It's a good point where you said before. Is it? Is it better that? But I think it's. I'd like both. Mm. <laughs> I'd yeah. like to qualify for oh, those tournaments of course. Yeah. and yeah. to have yeah. being the shop window. I get to write more stories about, you know, the young soccerers at the World Cup, the Euroos at the Olympics, and everyone's happy. But now it's just yeah. I've got to write a story about. What's failing? Yeah, <laughs> no, failing. I agree. We, we should so, we should still be qualifying for these things, but I don't think it's quite the disaster it, it may have been portrayed yeah. in some parts of the the football community, mm. uh, and it's certainly not the disaster it was in the past, where it was our only ch- real chance to to showcase our talent on an, uh, a wider stage. The A League now is much more of our showcase than the Oli Roos were. Um, I think we should have talent though that can still get us into, get us beyond that level of qualification. The fact that you know we we came up against teams like that and we can't beat them, even with the second string side, is disappointing. And more importantly, it was the stand was the way we lost. The fact that we weren't stringing passes together, we weren't looking cohesive in attack. Uh, we looked like a, a team that never played before, never trained before, and that's just an indictment on Aurelio Vidmar's coaching. He shouldn't be in the job. Last question on this, I think. Um, is the FFA spending too much money on on the under-23s and Oli Roos? If you think about this competition going over there for, this, for the under-23s championship, they probably spent one and a half million on it, maybe maybe just over a million. Would that be better? Uh, for... Sorry. I was, I was... No, I don't. I don't think it is. I think um, we need to be spending and we need to be involved in these tournaments and these competitions. Yeah, I mean, I've heard that argument with you as well, mm. and I, I don't think that actually holds water myself. We have to be there. We have to be competing. We have to try and take it. We have to compete in every level, and that's the way that modern football is. And if uh, it costs a lot of money, it costs a lot of money, and we have to find sponsors that are going to foot the bill. Uh, we don't have uh, 
a a sponsor for the Socceroos, a naming rights sponsor for the Socceroos at the moment. If we get one, they would have footed the they would, mm. that deal would have covered the, mm. the cost of these competitions. That's what we have to look at. Rather than we have to find ways to fund it, rather than try and cut that funding. And interest, interestingly, the Socceroos were the one of the highest paid teams of the last World Cup. Really? Mm. Mm, I think they were second or first. Get out of here! Uh, I'll find the link for you, Kevin. I'll tweet it to you. <laughs> I'd be curious to see that. Um, yeah. Okay. That could be a combination of Argentinian, Germany, Brazil, English players playing at such a high level that they only need a token payment mm. for their national team pursuits. And then other teams like Ghana and stuff have been coming from such a uh, struggling country that they can't afford to pay their players that much. I don't know. Yeah, yeah that quite, quite could be. But yeah, the soccer is a very well uh, reimbursed for match fees and that sort of thing. Very good. All right, well, um, this week's games, we have got Western Sydney Wanderers take on Melbourne City Friday night, then Phoenix will take on Mariners, Sydney v Brisbane, and Perth will host Melbourne Victory. That's a Netflix-style binge of A-League football (laughs) Saturday. Um, Sunday, there's the W-League final. Mel, um, Melbourne City will take on Sydney FC. Um, City unbeaten in the season. They kind of a perfect season. Ahead. Perfect season. Yeah. They finished. They finished almost double the points of what third place um, Sydney FC finished on. Thirty six to nineteen. It's impressive. It's really Matilda City, though, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> That's the reality. Of the situation. Yeah. It's the Matildas in City Strip. Strip. Because uh, they're actually spending the salary cap, apparently. Oh wow! Whereas none of the other teams ever have actually come close to it or bothered. It's amazing what you can do when you spend the money. Um, so that's two p.m. on Sunday at Amy Park. Uh, watch that, and then that will lead you straight into Adelaide versus Newcastle. Um, not a good time to for Newcastle to be facing a free-scoring Adelaide, I would say. Yeah. Are you uh, are you a bit nervous about that one, John? Shitting myself, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think there'll be blood in the pitch by the end of that one. Yeah, and without a Bougard. Oh dear. Mm. Oh dear, indeed. Oh dear, let's try and keep 11 players on the pitch. That that, that should be the, the, the challenge for <laughs> the set to Jets before that game. May actually enhance the chances, to be honest. Uh, good stuff, gents. Um, let's leave it there. I just got one little thing. Um, uh, the Gersbach transfer to Ahus. Apparently, um, I spoke to a, uh, a Danish journalist, and he was saying that um, Ahus have not received um, uh, an offer, or there's no serious offer on the table. They just uh, the agents just using it to get him to a bigger club. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's interesting because the um, Amini and Duncan. Um, the sporting director who brought them in to Randers has now moved to Aarhus, so maybe that's the, that's okay, the connection. So that's the why? Link. Yeah. Um, so so Aarhus haven't put an offer in. Yeah. Rather. Yeah. Rather than the other way. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Interesting. So. Um, yeah. So just agent stock at the moment. Yeah. Basically. Okay. Oh, we did also um, talk about Taggart as well. Oh yes, we we talked about that off there. Yes, we we, we did. Uh, John, have you got a little bit to fill us in? Um, a little bit of an exclusive. Uh, just the it? worst, the worst kept secret um, <laughs> the last couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, it's been. I think Tony Sage has been after Taggart for for months. Um, but yeah, crazily, he's he'll be there. I think he lands in Perth on Thursday. He'll be training on Thursday, but he won't be able to play this season. So what's that? Eight months of solid training. Yikes. Can they even loan him out? I don't know. Who would you loan him out to? Mm. What, the NPL, I guess? Um, well, I suppose they'll have FFA Cup in like, July, so that's something to look forward to. Yeah, I don't know. Just that seems like a long, long time not to be playing at his age. Yeah. Uh, Is he injured? He must be injured, right? He must not have got No, he's off. been playing, he's recovered from his injury. He's been playing in Scotland for. I think it was Dundee United didn't score a goal um, and I think he's 
been playing for the under twenty ones at Fulham as well. Yeah, mm. interesting. I mean, next season is going to be interesting with uh, Perth's attacking stocks with Castro, Kyo, and uh, Taggart together. That's looking pretty good already for them. Yep. Uh, it's How's just... that salary cap looking though? That's the. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mention the salary cap. Whatever you do. <laughs> um, John, nice one. Thanks for that insight, mate, and thanks for tuning in. Thanks, guys. Come on. Thanks, guys. Kev. Cheers, mate. Thanks. I've been your host, Adam, and uh, we'll speak to you next week. Cheers. Bye.